the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, we made it. It's draft we it. week. How are you holding up, buddy? I'm excited, man. I mean, all weekend, uh, you know, I had some family in town for the first time in a long time, which was great. Uh, just to kind of try to get back to a sense of normalcy with all this. Uh, but it was very distracting to know that we were under seven days to the NFL draft. And I was trying to sneak away and do some more last minute mock draft simulations and check out some guys. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been an exciting ride. And we finally have made it right to the precipice of the draft. And I'm excited to kind of get there and see what we get. Yeah, so for me, I uh, I print off. You can kind of see it. Dane Brugler's the beast right here. I, sorry, yep. trees. I, I apologize. It's, yeah, no it's pretty thick. But uh, <laughs> I went through like two or three different highlighters this weekend, just mm-hmm. trying to find all this information. And actually, Landon, I discovered a, a, an interesting nugget about a player that we're going to talk about in our second segment. Uh, that we're hearing some whispers that the Cowboys could be interested in. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Uh, But first, we've got to start with some breaking Cowboys news right before we came on the air. uh, It was announced that Sean Lee, the general, has announced his retirement. Uh, After playing 11 seasons in the NFL, he was a second-round pick in the 2010 draft. Uh, That was the same draft as what, Des Bryant, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's right, yeah. he, uh, we, this isn't unexpected. We had a feeling it was probably coming. Uh, first and foremost, your thoughts on Lee's retirement. I mean, we don't have a very long show, so yeah. but I, I will say that you know, Sean Lee at different points in the last decade has been the consummate professional football player. I mean, just beyond that i mean the guy is football obsessed you know like if this was uh, uh anything else uh that he was directing this much attention to he would probably be on a list somewhere um because he is just yeah. you know like fascinated with the sport fascinated with how to get better um <clears throat> this is a guy that clearly you know injuries uh are, are going to be a, a major part of the discussion when we talk about the legacy of his play but mm-hmm. I, I would much rather discuss you know how incredible he was when he was on the field. Uh, there was a period of time when I, I'm pretty sure that he was probably one of the top five or 10 defenders in football. Easily. Um, Easily. Yeah. I mean, he was at times when he was at his peak, he was as good as anybody uh, playing linebacker. Um, and I, I think that, you know, you saw regularly for multiple seasons when he was able to be on the field, uh, he had an effect on the defense uh, that I, I don't know that I've ever seen rivaled maybe outside of what Deion Sanders did for a defense uh, shutting down a side of the field. I, I just, I, the, you know, normally I'm not a guy that likes to look at on off splits and, and, and I'm not necessarily going to quote any here, but, but Sean Lee, you know, just by your own eyes, you could see the difference in the, the way this defense played over the years when Sean was on the field and when he wasn't on the field. Well, I'll, uh, I'll quote him. Cause I think I, I believe from 2013 to 2017, it was like seven or eight points per game difference when he was on the field and wasn't. 
Yeah. And, and, and again, like it's, it, it shows too, like you see it, you know, the team doesn't play as quick. They don't play as fast. They don't mm-hmm. seem to be as well organized. Sean got everybody lined up and then he also processed the information faster than anybody else. Um, you know, I, I think, Sean gets a, a lot of credit for his mind, but he was also a very incredible athlete coming out of college. I think yeah. people forget that. Like there was a reason he was a second round pick. He was physically gifted as well as uh, mm-hmm. uh, mentally gifted. You know, obviously injuries sort of sapped that over time. Uh, but the reason that a guy like Sean Lee can continue to play with all the injuries that he sustained and, and all the time that he played in the NFL field uh, was because he was just smarter than everybody else, right. you know, including coaches. And um, I, I love Sean Lee. I, I, Desperately, desperately hope that uh, that he is able to uh, find a way to be a coach of the Cowboys because I just think that the guy has so much knowledge um, and and so much love for the sport and that's infectious and I think when you have a guy like that in your team, whether it's a coach or a player, uh, he inspires others to kind of know more about football and know more about not even just their side of the football but the, the other side of the ball as well and and so uh, i just I, I love sean lee on any way that you can and and I'm, I'm glad that he's getting a chance to kind of enjoy his retirement i hope he does uh and, and i wish him nothing but the best because i i absolutely loved watching him play football yeah, so he didn't play a ton over the last two years, but that linebacker room is really going to miss him, right? Because yep. he was the leader. He was the guy that was uh, doing the scouting reports and watching the tape of the opponents. And I think it was in the all or nothing, right? They showed him mm-hmm. right after the season was over. He's still in the film room. Everybody else is leaving and going on vacations. He's he's watching film, getting ready for the next season. And they're going to miss him, and I'm going to miss him play. because I miss watching him play because he, he was – at his peak, it was special because there really yeah. wasn't anybody like him in the league, right? Where he just knew exactly where to be at the right time. And early on in his career, like when he was in his younger 20s, he had the athleticism to match that, the, the instincts, right? And that's where you saw, I believe it was the 2012 or 2013 seasons. He had like four interceptions in the first five games yep. of the season. Yep. Uh, just a, a special, special player, an even better person. And I think – I think the Cowboys are really going to miss him. Uh, really quickly, Lana, before we move on, this doesn't impact the draft or free agency or anything, right? No, not really. I mean, I think, you know, the idea was that even if Sean came back uh, as a player, uh, you know, his his role was going to be extremely limited. You know, I think if anything, they would probably have found a role for him. They would have carved a role specifically yeah, just for him. him. Yep. Just because it's him. So I, I can't imagine that there's like a, a hole to be filled necessarily. In fact, I would assume that they've done most of their offseason planning with the idea that he wasn't coming back. So I think if anything – you know, they may have had to make some moves to get him on the team if he wanted mm-hmm. to come back. Uh, I would assume that they spent the entire offseason with the default that he was not. Awesome, awesome player. Uh, I don't think he's probably a Hall of Fame player, but would not shock me, Landon, if he ends up in the Ring of Honor someday because he's just he's that type of person, Absolutely. that type of player. And like you, I I hope he sticks around with the Cowboys, whether that's a, as a coach or as a consultant. Um, Sean Lee, awesome, awesome career. Uh, we've got two ad reads for you today, Landon. Uh, we're going to start with Nugenics. Cowboy fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. All you have to do is text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost 
uh, free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text right now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, the most powerful fat killer ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape. Absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Also want to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's get into some, some Cowboys rumors. And I know we always have to be a little bit weary of stuff coming out, you know, a couple of days before the draft. But yeah. in terms of the Cowboys, a lot of things that we hear at this time of year end up being true. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, uh, we heard that the Cowboys uh, coaches might prefer Taco Charlton over TJ Watt. That ended up being the case. We started to hear about Trevon Diggs being a legitimate option at 17. Uh, the Cowboys likely would have taken him there if CeeDee Lamb wasn't available. Uh, so we do hear these kind of rumors start to pick up. And one that I wanted to touch on today uh, yeah. comes from our buddy Jeff Cavanaugh at 105.3 The Fan, talking about Elijah Molding, the defensive back from Washington, and that the Cowboys are doing some extensive research on Molden ahead of the draft. Um, I tweeted out a stat the other day that he actually has just under 500 career special team snaps. We know the Cowboys are going to care about that, but what would your thoughts be on Elijah Molden to the Cowboys at pick number 44? Well, I mean, I guess my, my, my first question is, uh, you know, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the thought process here because you know clearly this guy doesn't necessarily match a lot of the uh i mean really any of the cornerback metrics that the the quarterbacks that, that the cowboys usually imply he's not an outside corner to right? he's not yeah, an he's not an outside corner at all i mean he's he's uh a, a limited athletically to a large degree he's shorter uh he's you know i, I think he uh i could be wrong but i think he scored under a five raz uh, relative athletic score so i mean very very Four six yeah. five, 40 yard dash the the vertical it was okay it's just he didn't do any he's, of the, the shuttles he's he's he has a 29 and a half inch arms he's small he's 510 like he's under 510 uh, under 200 pounds yeah, yeah like he's so he's small so my thought process is uh, are we getting this guy with the guy, idea that he's playing safety you know is, is is this the idea that he's the new uh kz where he's a former slot corner uh, who had a lot of production on the ball that, that teams just didn't know what to do with 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 him, uh, and then uh, just you know Quinn decided to put KZ to to safety. Uh, he plays some slot as well. Not as he's not as good at slot as he is a safety, no, but no, I mean no. I think the idea being that you know moving a slot corner to safety because of uh, uh, you know play, uh, having familiarity inside playing inside and that's and, and, and kind of having the the familiarity to see the see the football field from that angle mm-hmm. uh, and they've had success there before. So is the idea that, that they're moving uh, someone like him to safety to, you know, and also to play some slot because we have guys who can play in the slot. It's not like we're, we need to really draft a guy to play slot corner. I mean, I think if of the cornerback positions slot is the one that's kind of mm-hmm. covered. Right. So uh, I, it's interesting. Um, 
simply because, like I said, there is a past, there's a history here with this coach, uh, this defensive coordinator specifically, uh, moving corners to safety. And the, you know, again, the idea that this guy does not met, meet any of the, uh, of the thresholds that the Cowboys usually have for their outside corners. I agree. He's certainly not an outside corner. He's probably not even a slot in the NFL because I just don't think he necessarily has the quickness to keep up with your top slot corners or slot receivers. My guess is Landon, they're looking at guys that could potentially play free safety that they don't have to draft in the first two picks. Right. Yeah. Uh, So as you were talking, I pulled up the uh, consensus board at the athletic, uh, and he actually comes in at 56. Now, typically when you're drafting, you want to select a player that's, you know, 10, 15 spots higher than what you pick. So if he's there at 75 and let's say the, the draft plays out where you go cornerback, offensive tackle, and hey, you need a safety. Okay, I think I can get behind Elijah Molden as a potentially a free safety at 75. At 44 seems too rich to me because I think there's definitely some concerns about his size and his athleticism. Um, 75, I think that's where I'm willing to gamble on him. Yeah, and I think 44, I mean, there's just going to be too many good players that will like more than than him there, you know? So, uh, yeah, I could definitely see him as a guy that, you know, and and maybe that's that's what this is, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. this is... Uh, the Cowboys get whiff of the fact that that you know he may fall a bit, and suddenly they think, okay, this guy could be an option at seventy five. Maybe we need to look at him, and that and maybe that's what this is, right? Yes. Um, yes. And so I, I think, and and that would make sense again. Like I think his play kind of dictates uh, a, a round two sort of area, but but you know when you factor in how undersized he is and, mm-hmm. and how limiting that is. I wouldn't be surprised if he fell to 75 at all. So I think it's good that the Cowboys are doing due diligence here. Uh, you know, if they take a corner and, and offensive tackle or, or defensive tackle at, at 44, they probably still need a double dip and go back into the defensive backfield at 75 and or or maybe at 99, depending on, on the way things shake out. Uh, and if you can't get a Jamar uh, Johnson or a – uh, uh, you know, an, yeah. another guy that, that's similar to that, like that that you like in, in the safety spot that could fall. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. think Richie Grant's going to fall that far. No, you I know, I don't think, think Javon so. Holland's no. going to fall that fall, fall fall that far. So, um, you, you if you want a safety and and you and you can't get Johnson, uh, you you may need to look and see what other options there may be. And and, and if Elijah Molden, who like I said, is probably a second round graded player based on tape, is falling to you at seventy five. Uh, that's certainly something that you should be taking a heavy look at because that may be a guy that you can you know, end up putting at free safety and give you some really good snaps there. It, it feels like a contingency plan, right? Like yeah. if we go up and get – let's say, again, Patrick Sertan at 10, we go up and get an edge rusher like Aziz Ojolari, and, hey, we still need a safety and we're picking at 75. Yeah. Who are some guys that could do it and be at least suitable? And I think you mentioned Jamar Johnson. That's a really good one. And maybe Elijah Molden, if he's there, again, plays special teams, has position flex, incredibly smart. I believe he was named the team captain and the team's most inspirational player. So there's a lot to like. 75 is where I think it starts to make sense. I'm going to give you one more quick rumor. I just want your thoughts on really quickly. Uh, Brian Broaddus was, again, 105.3 the fan, was saying if the Cowboys don't go – Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn at 10, and they want to pick a defensive player. Micah Parsons is back in the conversation. Do you buy that? 
kind of, but not, I don't know, not really. I, I don't know what would have changed in the last few days that made him come back into the conversation necessarily. Well, and I can tell you, I, I apparently, Please. apparently a, a scouts across the NFL are becoming more comfortable with the football character, right? I think the talent okay. was never the issue. It's no, yeah. I think after teams got to do some zooms and that kind of stuff, uh, it sounds like, I believe this was from Dane Brugler on the prospects to pros podcast was saying, that Parsons kind of admitted that he was immature in high school and college and that he needs to grow up. And I think a lot of scouts and, you know, people that are making decisions like to hear that. So maybe that's what's bringing him back into the conversation. Do you think it's likely they pick him at all? Like if you had to put a percentage on it, what would you say? 15 percent like i i, I can't imagine high on it that just scares I, me like made my heart I, I, stop <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to be low uh yeah i was hoping I, you were I mean, gonna say like one percent and i was like okay that's fine it's probably 10 percent. i mean it's probably not very much at all I, I just look first of all i just don't see there being a scenario where i just really doubt that there's a scenario where the cowboys are completely wiped out your quarterback at 10 you know i i would say i feel like it's very likely if they drop down to 15 and the corners are gone, right? That's where I can see Michael Parsons being in the conversation. And that's 10 feels I, I have just have a hard time believing that her horn and Sertan are gonna be off the board. Yeah, I agree. So if they trade back and they're looking at 15, I think it certainly increases the chances. I mean, I, I he certainly should be in the mix with whoever else they're considering if they trade back to 15. So uh, you know, you and I don't love him specifically. Uh, and we don't really no. don't really love him for you know uh don't really love Dallas, uh, the flybacker at that spot at, at that yeah. high anyways yeah. i mean for value yeah. uh but i you know i can see it like i mean he has incredible talent he you know in in a in a league where linebackers uh, uh don't make a ton of difference anymore um i think he i think he has the ability to be a guy that could make a difference if if things rolled right now that's still quite a risk certainly not a risk that i'm comfortable with at 10 i feel more comfortable with it at 15 an extra pick but uh yeah i mean look he has an incredible amount of talent um he is an incredible athlete uh there is a very very good chance that he's going to be a much mm-hmm. much better pro player than he would was a college player uh I, I just I still have a hard time believing it if it's going to be at ten for sure and and even at fifteen I, I still think there's probably four or five other guys that I I would prefer I don't know if yeah, the Cowboys yeah. feel the same way are, are you saying that linebackers don't matter I, I, if that's the case I might need a new cup nope nope <laughs> I I think uh, I think linebackers matter but I think it's it's a lot like running backs Marcus where. I, I think for for the most part they don't they, they you know you can find a running back that will do the job for you. You don't need an elite running back. Sure. You don't need an elite linebacker. But when you have one, you have an advantage because that's you know that that's something that other teams don't have and don't always know how to match up with. So uh, yeah, and I think that that's the problem is that teams are chasing that you know advantage that rarely shows up. LBs don't matter.com best $10 no I ever spent. No uh, let's uh, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein and low sugar with no crazy additives. 
Best of all, they taste fantastic in my mailbox right now. I just got the alert that the coconut brownie chunk is in there. I cannot wait to, for the show to end so I can go out and grab one. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON mm. and get 15% off your next order. Again, that is BillBar.com. All right, Landon, Mock Draft Monday, and we've got an interesting one here from the Draft Network. Uh, they have the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertan, again, at number 10. Uh, but Trevor Sikama, one of uh, a good friend of the show, actually mention, mentions that he would not be surprised if J.C. Horn is the selection over Sertan. So as we're getting down to the last couple of days, what's your feeling here? Because I think as we get closer, I am starting to lean that I think Sertan – or excuse me, I think Horn is going to be the pick over Sertan. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that what's happening is that we're starting to hear some of the biases come out of of the of the Cowboys camp, and I think that you know as we start to kind of put dots together about uh, uh, relationships and you know things like, for example, Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator in New Orleans when Joe Horn was the the wide receiver there, so McCarthy and Joe Horn have quite a relationship. So mm-hmm. McCarthy has known uh, uh, J.C. Horn since he was uh, 10 years old, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's some, there's some combinations there that as well. Uh, there's also the uh, uh, Will Muschamp uh, connection mm-hmm. with, uh, with uh, uh, to completely blanking on my name with uh, the defensive court, Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. uh, when they were both at Florida. Um, so obviously Muschamp uh, being the defensive coordinator at South Carolina, they're going to, again, know a ton about uh, uh, Horn. So we are already kind of knew whatever connections there were to Sertan, uh, obviously yep. with Trayvon Diggs, that sort of thing. And obviously the Cowboys have a, a, a lot of connections to the the, the Alabama program. Yep. Uh, I think what we're finding out now is that uh, those connections they have to Horn uh, – you know, put him in play just as much as Sertan. And and maybe if, if they have these tags touching, maybe they do feel a little bit more comfortable with Horn because they're a little bit more familiar with him because of these relationships. So, And it also sounds that, like Al Harris, their cornerback coach, has a pretty good relationship with Joe Horn. Uh, they played yeah. in the league together a long time, and I think they've just kind of known about JC for a long time. So – Seems like I mean we know how much relationship drive the draft, and I think well, I think especially that's what this year, these two guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially this year. I mean, any kind of extra knowledge you can get for these guys is super valuable. So absolutely. I think they, they may default to that. That I think that is something that we should keep in mind. Absolutely. All right. So I want I want your your decision right now on a Monday. If both oh, no. players are available, who do you think the Cowboys pick? I think honestly, right now, I mean just. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that's that's going against my own talk, but I, I think right now I I would pick Horn just because it does seem like there's a lot of smoke there. I mean, it just it and, and it makes sense, you know. It, it, the, the smoke makes sense sometimes when you get this stuff and you hear it, it doesn't make sense. But you're so excited to hear news, you're just like, yeah. oh yeah, no, yes. no. this actually makes sense if you you know break it down. These guys are probably touching tags on a lot of people's boards, anyways, and so the relationship aspect may be the kind of final, but and, and, and here's another aspect too. Al Harris definitely is more of a playing style match with Jason. A hundred percent. That's he, exactly where I was going to go. Yes. He he's definitely going to be a guy that is going to be able to help JC kind of develop uh, away from being so grabby, or at least being a little more subtle with being more grabby. Uh, and I think that that, you know, that's something to keep in mind. And that's something that, that the Cowboys may think that they have an advantage there on other teams is okay. We got a guy who knows exactly how to coach this type of cornerback. 
mm-hmm. and when you eliminate that kind of extra worry about J.C. Horn and you add in the fact that they've got a relationship there, uh, I think it would not be very difficult for the Cowboys to, to talk themselves into preferring Horn over Sertan. Yeah, so I have Sertan graded higher. I believe I have Sertan as the seventh best player in this draft and Horn 12. So I think there's a there's a gap. But what I keep coming back to, Landon, is a lot of times these coaches, especially defensive coaches, they want players that kind of mimic their personality, right? Yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick wants very smart, under control type of players. I think he would I think he would prefer Patrick Sertan if he was drafting here at 10. Dan Quinn, you know, his history of being in Seattle with Richard Sherman and these really aggressive and, uh, you know, Desmond Trufant, even mm-hmm. with the Atlanta Falcons, you know, a, a, I think a very similar player to J.C. Horn. I think they just play with a different edge to him. And yeah. I think Dan Quinn wants guys like that. I that even think about A.J. Terrell last year. I think he played with a little bit of that same edge. So I like you, I, I kind of think we're trending in a direction where if Horn is available at 10, that's probably the pick. And frankly, I would love it. I, yeah. I, I, again, I know I have Sertan higher, but I think I feel like Dallas needs this type of player, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, look, my grade between Sertan and Horn is, you know, we say tags touching. You can say what you want. Six, one, half dozen, the other. Honestly, sure. I, I, I would defer to what they prefer, you know, mm-hmm. because ultimately I feel like they're close enough players that if Dallas feels strongly about one of them, I, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with what they feel like. I, I want to be, uh, I, I could understand why they would pick one yes. that they prefer. And then that, that that's not like one is so much better than the other that I'm going to argue the point. You know, I, if they're, if they feel strongly about one over the other, that to me is another indication that, I should probably like them because yeah. I think that they understand their system and understand who's going to fit best. So, uh, yeah, I I agree that I think that if the, if the Cowboys feel more strongly about Horn, which is you know I, I've assumed that they probably just would feel equally about the the two, but if they feel more strongly about Horn, then that makes me feel sure. more confident sure. about Horn. That's just because I think, like I said, my eyes don't tell me that there's a huge difference here. So uh, I'm definitely willing to defer to what the Cowboys, with their extra amount of information, see as uh, putting Horn over the top of Sertan. Uh, just a shout out to our sponsor really quickly. Before we came on the show, I looked at bet, bet online's uh, lines for where J.C. Horn will go. And the over-under is currently 10 and a half, which I think is absolutely fascinating. A couple of days These guys ago, are good. At, yeah, a couple of days ago, it was at 12 and a half. A week ago, it was at 15 and a half think we, we might be getting an idea where the Cowboys are going in the first round. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audacity, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. Continue to subscribe. Hit that like button on YouTube. Uh, you can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.